Welcome back to Artificial Antics, where Rico and Mike will talk about the implications and opportunities around artificial intelligence, machine learning, and deep learning. In this episode titled Beyond the Buzz, The Real Cost of AI in Business, Rico and Mike share their experiences and insights on the expense, investment, and ROI of integrating AI technologies in the business sector. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Artificial Antics. I am Rico here with my co-host, Mike. Mike, how you doing? Doing really good, Rico. How about yourself tonight? Not doing bad at all, man. I'm glad to have you back. I know you just went away uh, out to Vegas for a little bit on a, a nice excursion for work. Yeah, it, it was absolutely uh, awesome. So uh, we went out there for the uh, NADA conference, which is the National Automotive Dealer Association conference. And I'll tell you what, this is the biggest, uh, the biggest conference, at least in the dealership world. And it was a great event. Uh, so I was there last year with uh, with our, our team as well. And uh, our booth was better this year. We had like, you know, a 10 foot tall LED screen. Nice. Uh, it was awesome. There were there were tons of people there. I feel like I feel at least there was three day event. And I feel like on day one and two, there were it was just like we were constantly going right. Like to the point where we had like three simultaneous people running demos like at the same oh, wow. time, just constantly. Right. And um, and so talk to a lot of uh, a lot of people at the conference. And I'll tell you, so I went last January and this January, uh, you know, AI is, is is being talked about a lot more. So last year, for instance, uh, you know, we were talking about sentiment analysis and, and transcription and they're both AI, right? But sentiment is a little bit deeper where sentiments kind of get to the heart of like how a conversation went, you know, how right. people are feeling during the conversation. Transcription is really just taking speech and turning it into text. And I will tell you that the, the, the latter part there, right? The speech in a text is like table stakes for dealers, right? Like they absolute, and, and really anybody using our, uh, our communication platform, phone system, you know, messaging, and they want to see what was said and they want to have that a, a text version of that. Right. And right. E even like something such as a voicemail, right. Uh, will, will transcribe and actually it'll send you a message if you've gotten a voicemail. So you're able to get back to people. And so in our products, right. Uh, transcription is a must have. And so it, last January, it was a must have and sentiment was like, a. Oh, is that AI? You know, like, like it, right. it, it was okay. It's okay. It's all right. But, uh, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the thing that they needed nor really wanted. And it's the whole adage of, Hey, sounds expensive. You know what I mean? Like right. I, they, they didn't necessarily see the value in that. Right. Uh, we we're, you know, talking about different things. And, uh, and so this year there was a lot of buzz around a new crm in the dealership world called drive it's not new i guess they're a few years old but they have some new offerings around uh in their crm around ai lead gen so this is lead generation mm -hmm. and uh and so you know honestly i couldn't go 100 feet without hearing uh somebody talking about this uh about this drive centric crm and so i went over talked to them uh, great set of people. And yeah, they're really excited about their new offer. And they were telling me that uh, part of it is like sending out messages, but in a very, uh, you know, let's call it intelligent way, artificially. Right. And, then, and then the second piece of it is, uh, is actually having AI agents call, right? And warm mm -hmm. up a lead, right? So you've got like cold outbound leads where, you know, having somebody make those calls is like half of them aren't even going to answer. You know what I mean? 
Right. And if you use like an outsourced, uh, you know, an outsourced call center for this, maybe across the globe, it's expensive, right? It's like 75 cents. I was talking to our CEO and he said, yeah, it's around 75 cents per call just to like see if there's a live answer and transfer it into the sales department, right? So with tools like Bland AI and other tools, you know, like this drive-centric lead gen, uh, you know, and even stuff you could build that's custom to your business, uh, you know, I was looking at bland and it was like four to seven cents a call at the most. Right. So mm -hmm. it, it's a, there's a lot of cost savings there. It, you know, it, and is it, you know, it's probably not, not much worse or about the same as having some person in another country, just like press a button. Right. Like, I don't even know if they talk, right. They just like somebody picked up, we press the button, we transfer it to sales. So, uh, right. So that, so that was interesting. I'm uh, trying to think of other things. Oh yeah, there was another company uh, that we talked to a, a, a bunch as well. And we were looking at some of their newer stuff. Uh, they're called Call Review and like like R-E-V-U. And so they, they, were, they did a full demo. It was the third day and it was kind of slow the third day. And so we were over talking to vendor partners and, uh, and, and potential vendor partners. And they gave us a whole demo of their product. Oh my gosh, dude, the insights and stuff that they're providing with their their product and AI insights and like really what should be actioned upon, what doesn't need to be actioned upon and getting that data quickly to the people who need it uh, was 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 fantastic. And I'm, I'm not even doing it justice because like there are so many different things about, you know, like how are people answering the phones? You know, like, you know, uh, are they calling people back? Are they calling people back within a reasonable amount of time? And, right. and, and you know, are they actually booking, uh, booking, you know, uh, appointments Converting. or are they just, yep. you're right, exactly. Or are they just, you know, calling, right? And, 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 and who's doing that and who's not, right? He was showing uh, an example and it's probably a, just a demo example, but you know, one guy had uh, like uh, 70 something calls and, you know, like uh, 40 of them, you know, uh, booked an appointment. And then, you know, the, the uh, agent below that was like, you know, had around the same amount of calls, but booked one appointment, right? There's clearly an issue there. And 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 they have some coaching stuff built into the tools as well, right? To like say, hey, like, okay, you know, this agent, you know, isn't really performing up to the standards. And here, here's why, here's why, right? Or here's at least a best guess as to why uh, that's happening. So those type of insights, I, I think are extremely valuable. And it's really about, you know, uh, the trend that I saw at Clarity was, uh you know being able to make quick and accurate decisions right like that's that's paramount especially when we have so many things to do in our lives so right now that sounds great man and uh it kind of segues right into what the episode is about so for everybody out there listening uh we are on our ninth episode uh and this one's entitled beyond the buzz the real cost of ai in business and uh as mike said you know we've kind of seen the progression from last spring to now between uh, the early talks of it, everybody was hyped up. You know, we saw generative art and chat GPT, you know, with open AI and all that stuff kind of come to fruition. Uh, but what we're kind of measuring here in 2024, uh, and I'm sure some businesses have already started doing this, is actually the costs that are involved with it, whether it's, you know, purchasing the hardware or what it's going to save on employee costs. You know, if they let some people go, they automate some processes. 
that's that type of stuff. So um, Mike and I were talking about this episode a couple of weeks ago and decided that, you know, we should probably run some numbers here and actually uh, throw some facts and figures out there for everybody in the audience. So uh, it just uh, works perfectly that Mike was just out, um, you know, in Vegas talking to people in real time uh, and can bring some of that buzz back and has had some some great conversations. So uh, we can dive right in. Yeah, and and I lost a hundred dollars. So that was that was <laughs> that was what I put on it. You know, I, I I did some slots, and I was with uh, I was with a, a coworker of mine. She won she won like eighty seven fifty. I lost a hundred bucks. I was like, that's cool. We both put a hundred bucks in. It's all good. It's all good. So, uh, that's but, very uh, different from how I would gamble. Yeah, I I am not a gambler. I am not a gambler. I mean, you know, uh, I it's one of those things where I I think it's. I, I, it's not my thing. It's not my jam. But I have said I'm in <laughs> Vegas. I have to at least I have to at least try, right? So right. Uh, so yeah. So so that was fun. Uh, yeah, gr- great event overall. And you know, uh, yeah, like Rico said, we we've been really talking and thinking about this this topic right for a few weeks. Uh, one of the things that stemmed this in my mind, right, is I was looking at uh, Microsoft's Copilot, right? So they have Copilot in Bing, and that's free, and it's great, but, like, you're not able to, like, connect that directly into your Office 365 instance and, you know, talk to a spreadsheet, right? Like, uh, thinking of an example, trying to get some insights from uh, on sales from having all your sales data, you know, uh, already there in the Excel spreadsheet. You can't do stuff like that without without Copilot, or you could you could definitely do it, but like Copilot's a way to do it very easily while you're still in the Office 365 suite. And I was looking at the what it would cost. So I think for enterprise, so it's thirty dollars a seat to add it, and I think for enterprise, that's you know like a no brainer that you would want to have it at least on some of your staff, right? Uh, the ones that would use it. And then for small businesses, though, you know, you right now it's not even available. You need to have uh, an enterprise license. I, I look at I look all the time to see if it's available for us. And it's just it's not yet. And uh, and we're a 70 person, you know, we're 70 people, uh, 70 Microsoft seats. And uh, and so we have to go up to 300 uh, just to so just to get the features. And I was looking at the cost of what it would, you know, what it would be to go up to the 300 and also uh, include those seats. It was like $11,500 per month, right? Wow. Which isn't, which isn't feasible, really. I mean, if for you're- For most small businesses. For, for, mo- for most small small businesses, uh, at, at least not for that one thing. You know what I mean? Just remember that's only one thing, right? That's one AI thing. Right. And, or one AI service. And so, you know, as 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 folks are, you know, considering, hey, like, you know, gosh, there's a lot of a lot of hype here. AI is really cool. But, you know, I was talking to to Dave George. He's a, a, an entrepreneur, uh, CEO of, of a bunch of companies and a bunch of past companies and a great guy. He's actually going to be on the show next month. And he was saying, uh, you know, he talks to CEOs all the time and they're like, gosh, yeah, it's really, it's really great, but I have no idea what we're going to do with it. Right. Like in our, <laughs> right. in our business. And Dave was saying that, uh, with, uh, with their customers, at least at his, his consulting company, uh, what they do is they, they're, they pilot stuff and sort of do a bunch of research internally, uh, and start using these tools internally. Like one, one, for instance, uh, you know, might be, 
like Otter AI, right? Enrico, we, you and I have used that, right? Yes, Where yep. That's going to transcribe. It's going to give you summaries of your video calls. And I, I do use it all the time. There's also an option called Fireflies AI, right? So they'll do stuff like determine which one's better, wh which one they think is, is going to provide more value to their customers and them internally. And they'll like pilot it for a while, right? Uh, I guess one big thing that I would say about this stuff in general is like, you don't want to miss the boat but you also don't wanna dive in before the boat arrives. So you have to be very careful uh, to to not jump onto something and just, you know, like I said, like uh, add recurring revenue, or uh, sorry, a recur recurring payable, uh, you know, from your company that, you know, you're, you're, you're letting a lot of water out of the bucket, let's say, right, in a business there. Is it gonna provide you the value to drive additional revenue in? That's what. That's why I think lead gen is really hot, right? Because what's happening, I think, is people just don't have enough people to do lead gen properly, right? And 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 it can be expensive to get these people. And plus, cold callers, like, how many people do you know that love cold calling? Right? They're out there. Right. Yeah. Few and far between, though. And and to be actually good at it, that's the other thing. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. But then you know you do think of what is a lead cost well they're damn expensive right like uh and, and these dealers know exactly how much a lead costs them right so you don't just want to flush it down the toilet right so uh you know by by you know send an ai out and say all right ai just do the thing there's a balance and you need to determine that the the tools that you're using because there are a bunch of them right are are proven that's all it is are proven and uh and so uh, that's something that I'm going to be looking into more. Uh, Rico, you know, I showed you the call center coach that I made uh, yes. as a custom GPT. And I was talking to, uh, so this is for our support department. I was talking to uh, our sales director as well and saying, hey, we could do like, we could basically do a um, the same type of coach thing for sales, right? Like, so they get on these cold calls. We have all the recordings, right? We could take the recordings. We could assess we could coach, we could determine, did they do the things? Did they not do the things, right? Uh, and we could even determine, like, was this a really a warm lead, right? Like when it was handed off. So, right. uh, and obviously, you know, there's a human touch to that and you have to validate during the training. You know, you, you, it's, you, they call it kind of fine, fine tuning, right? You want to fine tune things and ensure that it's correct. But, you know, I'm sure it probably gets you most of the way there. Like all the stuff that we see, Rico, is like, um, it's going to get you probably most of the way there that you have to have good inputs, which means you have to make a really good custom GPT. Those are the inputs. And right. then the outputs, you know, when people are using it, they're going to, the, the, we're determining whether or not the outputs are good by, you know, folks like head of support verifying that like the quality assurance output that was uh you know generated by call center coach actually makes sense right like did it hit the mark did it miss the mark right yeah definitely and i mean you know we talk about too the other thing with that is that it's also ai police right it's it's um, it's getting good data from you know the executables yeah. you know what people are out there making these calls and stuff but it's added pressure to the humans that are making the calls and if they're being you know judged based on sentiment analysis or the other <laughs> things that uh that the is. ai does you know we're back to ai policing again which 
you know, obviously yeah. have mixed feelings and I see the business benefit to it, you know, being able to analyze that data quickly and, you know, have, uh, let's say for instance, we, we talked about having a thermometer on it, you know, like literally seeing, okay, it's this temperature because, you know, this is how well that call went versus a call that didn't go well, you know, would be a colder temperature on, on the right. bar, you know, on a graphic right. scale or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I could definitely see the benefit to it and, you know, as a business owner, that's what you want. You want the most efficient way, but how many people are going to want to endure that as well? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be a, you, you don't want to be a meat grinder, right? Um, that was, that, that, that's a really, really good point. And I'm glad you, again, thanks for being the creative skeptic. <laughs> Mikey just go and I'm like all right let, let's go ahead and it's funny because the first time I showed the call center coach uh, the people who were heading up support really loved it and somebody was like somebody that wasn't ahead of a team was like oh that's really big brother and I'm yeah, like, exactly it is it really it is it is big brother you know I mean that's the reality of it so there's there there's a hundred percent of balance and that, that reminded me just now of um something else that I saw at NEDA that was trending on LinkedIn is uh the tag the human side of ai right because mm -hmm. there always needs to be a human side of it right we this these are tools that are augmenting us so again to your point we're not just gonna let this thing run the rails and th there's a human touch right and right. you know like you, you know you could you could um you know uh, not coerce, but like you could build the call center coach to be friendly about its output, which the one that I built is actually really nice. It's like, you know, yeah, this person did this. They're really pretty good. You know, they could use a little bit here, but you know, <laughs> like it, was very, it was very gentle. Yeah, it was very right. gentle. And I, and I really, I think that my prompt there, at least part of the instructions was to be a, Hey, a helpful assistant, you know, um, I think I may have even said with high emotional intelligence, right? Because that's yep. a huge thing. And, uh, you know, we're not looking to, you know, just destroy people's, you know, not their egos, but just, just destroy their motivation because, um, you know, they, they're, like you said, they feel like they're in a meat grinder and under, under a microscope, right? Which people right. function, people function completely differently. Um, I forgot what that, um, what the uh, phenomena is or whatever, but- Yeah, we were just they, talking about that like a month ago. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They function differently when they know they're being uh, acutely observed or even just observed, right? Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, maybe not take some of the liberties and some of those liberties may seem unconventional, but they might actually get the job done and be completely within like the parameters of what is acceptable. So, you know, you may never get that organic conversation if they are, you know, and, and this doesn't encourage using like being completely scripted either. Like I've talked to our sales director, I've talked to some other people and, you know, I think like a complete being completely scripted is like the total antithesis of what you want to do in sales, right? You need to be watching, seeing what you know, like letting the customer uh, guide you really asking right. a lot more questions, you know, listening. What do they need? What do they, what do they need? Right. Like, right. Uh, you know, when, when we were in the booth, uh, I had, I was one of the people doing demos and I had, I had a lot of customer conversations and, uh, you know, we were trying to talk to them and ask them about the, their pain points uh, and listen. And then 
really only tell them the things that were going to solve their pain points and, you know, give them a high level overview. People don't want to go into the weeds. They don't want you to bring a phone over and show them exactly, you know, what it is. These, these are people who run dealerships. They, they don't want to, they own dealerships and run dealerships. They really don't want to deal with the phones. They want right. to just use be the nimble. Phones, right? They want, yeah. yeah. Then they just want to use the phones and, you know, it's kind of like the Apple thing. Uh, it just works, right? The, the stuff just works, right? A lot of good, um, just, you know, what stuff, what stuff costs, how people can save money, but keeping it human, right? Like that human side of AI. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was great that people were jumping on that train. And, uh, you know, I love that there are folks out there that, you know, somebody had to initially put in that human, human side of AI. And I'm pretty right. sure pretty sure it's somebody that I, I'm an acquaintance with and uh, she's really great. And so uh, she's another one that I feel like is a candidate for for the show because she's doing a lot with AI lead gen, right? In business mm-hmm. development in, in these dealerships. So, uh, so yeah, so I mean, you know, I was just thinking too, Rico, something that you had said that I wasn't really even on my, uh, well, it was on my radar, but it was, wasn't on my radar tonight was, you know, um, addressing the impact of AI on employment, right? So right. Human the capital, the human capital stuff, right? Yeah. So you want you want to talk on that a little bit? And cause I know you had some ideas. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I'll start with, and I mean, you're even working in tech as you do, um, you know, full well that you have some employees that have greater strengths with computers and understanding of computers and even basic, basic, uh, you know, office suites, like Mm -hmm. literally uh, Microsoft office or 365, you know, right. Uh, right. And there are those people who can't for the life of them, figure out how to make an Adobe PDF. Right. I mean, the, the, yes. they, they exist. You know, we, we all work alongside of them and it's not to slight them in the, in, in the yes. or, you know, go against them in the slightest. But mm-hmm. th- that's the reality of where we're at. And, you know, based on the conversation we had the other day, um, yeah, part of the costs that are going to be associated with this one, you got to get the buy in of the employees to say, OK, this is going to benefit us. And yes, it may cost a couple of jobs here or there. But what do we gain as a group overall to get that buy in? And then there's the cost of actually bringing them up to speed on what the AI is capable of and how it's going to enhance them. And we all know, you know, folks who are apprehensive about it just simply because it's technology, whether they're late in their career or they don't really have an affinity for computers and understanding them. You know, we run into all sorts of folks Uh, training those folks. That's that's going to take some time as well as the equipment and everything that goes into it. um, That's going to take time as well. So. we already know that there are folks that think that AI is going to be the end of us all. It's going to kick everybody out of a job. But you and I know very, very well from uh, even doing simple things like generative art. Yes. It really takes the artist behind that's creating the prompt to get this output that is majestic by itself. You know, and I, I see yeah, a lot of it absolutely. on our Twitter page. Yep. Uh, been very engaged with the uh, AI art community. And what it really does is it underscores that little human element that AI doesn't come up with on its own. And maybe if a model is trained long enough over time, maybe you'll see it come out with it, but you know, we're not there yet. Anyway. We're, we're not, we're not there yet for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not just the, um, you know, the guy holding a pizza, the, the fun little bit. That we <laughs> right. there, there's a lot of things that I see that, you know, you, you really have to know what you're doing on that input prompt. Like, it, some, you know, you'll, you'll get, how, how's this? You'll get decent output, uh, basic output that looks better than you could do. And, you know, most people can do on their own with a basic prompt. 
but with, but where you really get that extraordinary and exceptional art is when somebody knows exactly what they're doing, you know, it's, right. it's like um, a typical artist, like the, like the typical artist, they know that, you know, that's a wide angle shot. They know these different things. They know the aspect ratios. You know, these are people that have been in the business for maybe 20, 30 years and they know what the heck they're looking for. This is going to, you know, obviously, um, you know, it, it's a mix too, because they're probably taking pictures and making pictures, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that you, you can't stop doing what you originally did. It just means that maybe for certain cases, uh, or, or if you want to, let's say branch out like, will I am right. He was talking about, um, you know, generative AI and how, you know, he, he wants just to see how far it can take us. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's great now, but like, let's see where we could go. Right. And I, and I could tell you from, you know, that we did that little short film there, but a week ago or whatever, you know, that was easily over 200 iterations, you know, two, 200 right, separate right. things trying to get it right. And, um, and the wording, you know, uh, dialing each one of those things in. And that's what you see with an artist, you know, and any good artist, I, I knew one uh, was an instructor of mine uh, a few years back in college. And he talked about, uh, at, you know, at the, at the master's degree or the PhD level, whichever he had attained uh, for art, um, they had to draw the same thing like, you know, a hundred times for right. homework, you know, and right, it had right. to be as, as close to it. And that's, you know, that's what we're now seeing in the digital arts scene. Uh, and with any of these tools, you know, we, we've looked at the progression of chat GPT from last year when we've started uh, using it. And we say each time when there's an update, you can tell, even if you haven't read about it yet, you can tell by based on your output of what you get You say, well, they, they've changed something because this is the type of prompt that I make and this is the output. So, um, and, and, and we're, I wouldn't say we're, you know, experts, right? But uh, we're yeah. more experienced than most. So there's definitely some costs that, that will be associated with one, upgrading equipment to handle it, uh, whatever mm -hmm. those automations may be, that's going to cost. Um, and uh, chipsets nowadays, you know, with uh, NVIDIA and even AMD, uh, NVIDIA is doing quite well as a stock because they're finding ways around U.S. regulation uh, to, to right. get these chipsets uh, built in record time that are uh, meeting the mark for all of these companies, including China, uh, who need them in large servers and other things. So um, there's going to be some lag time there, some some costs associated with getting the proper chipsets and upgrading equipment, as well as the training, you know, so yeah, uh, for you sure. kind of see like it becomes, becomes a greater problem than just, okay, we're going to start using this one program that does this one thing for us. Uh, yeah, that 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 is a heck of a thing too. Yeah, uh, you know, I um, I saw the notes on the uh, you know, uh, regulatory landscape, right? And I will tell you what's interesting to me is like all that's being done out in the open. It's like it's like when mom catches your hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> right. But like this is like they don't even care. They're just like, you know, hey, how's it going, mom? Boom, reaching the cookie jar with those with those new chips that are just under and uh, I know that, you know, the regulators are saying like, hey, you really want to get shut down? Like, you, uh, we'll <laughs> it make it worth the fine. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then and then an interesting thing that I think stems off of that, too, from the China from China's side is that they're actually figuring out how to do this stuff themselves. I heard something on last week in AI. They were talking about how they're building this massive wafer chip. And I think it can go mm -hmm. up to uh, 
like uh, you know multiple thousand cores right in one wow. processing unit which is going to allow for a ton of concurrent processing which ai does extremely you know training ai models uh it, it's extremely important to be able to do that right so yeah. you know i think that uh you know people aren't just going to bury their heads in the sand uh, you know uh, they're going to do something about it just like we would do something about it on our side so uh, and and you know i think that there's there there is really an importance to uh you know in you know of compliance and you know being transparent and you know ethically uh using ai as well right and so there's a uh, there's a cost really even to regulation right so yes. uh, it's sort of it's sort of like the um a cycle it's cyclical and uh and you know it's one thing leads to another then back to the other right, right. uh which, which reminds me of uh when i watched oppenheimer you know it's like the whole like you know they they're the effect and the effect and the effect and the effect and it just you know implodes on itself and uh and so you know we will see that uh that type of uh you know that type of cycle happening more and more as we try to, you know, because there, there's a cost to even think about the cost of transparency. Well, that mm -hmm. means that you have to have to have people being very uh, intentful and purposeful, which means you probably have to have more structure and even maybe a bigger team to pull something like that off. Whereas if you're sort of like, OK, this is just a black box. We trained it. It says some things right. Uh, I love how the open AI engineers were like, we really don't know how it's coming up with these answers. You know, it's <laughs> right. like, you know that's um, what people want to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It really uh, adds a layer of trust for me when I when I think about it. So uh, so, yeah. So, you know, in uh, compliance, like think about like, you know, complying with anything. I think about like PCI compliance or stuff we do for work. Uh, you know, there's always a cost, right? Whether it, there's a probably a human element, there's companies making money on it, right? Because they're like, okay, yeah, you are PCI compliant. All this stuff, all this stuff costs money, right? So, and it's not to scare people away from AI. It's really just to uh, get the word out and the awareness that, you know, we have to be mindful about, about what we're doing, right? And you were talking about generative art and that made me think about, um, that made me think about the uh, stable diffusion, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, actually using an open source model. It was called Fucus. And that saved, like, so, you know, I downloaded on my computer, got it all installed. And yes, it took a little bit of technical prowess. Uh, all things considered, though, it was pretty quick. And I was able to generate, you know, any images I wanted just, you know, with the energy that my computer would use, uh, you know, with with generating these images. So, you know, companies should be thinking about not just using like the SaaS service. So like, you know, um, let, I'd say OpenAI, you're pretty safe. But Rico, we've talked about, hey, like, are these companies even going to be in business next year, right. next month? Right. Yep. As as we start to get um you know more things catch on and you know think about the custom the things that we were even able to do now with custom gpts that would have been a complete other service that you're paying 15 bucks a month for right yes. uh, and it's not you can just do it now and i made that call center coach of mvp of that i made that in an hour and 35 minutes so consider what i could have done with more time right uh you know it just it's bringing it, it's taking the barrier to entry you know, the barrier to entry is lower. I'd say the barrier mm -hmm. to excellence or the ceiling for excellence 
is is still pretty high, right? To, to, to really get it perfect, you are going to have to understand how to uh, connect to other systems using uh, what are called actions in custom GPTs. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like, you know, for instance, going out, pulling a transcript, uh, transcript, pulling a recording, right? Like you, you know, and, and, and you do need a little bit of technical knowledge to really connect those things. Uh, but, you know, even the stuff you've built, right? Like you built right. some stuff that was pretty impressive without even doing any of that. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, so there's a couple of things here. One, we talked to um, in our listeners voice this week uh, about uh, an educator uh, that isn't really familiar with AI yet or the the applications in learning yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to kind of address that. And we, we included that in this week's newsletter. But um, it really brought the point of like uh, what I like to do, for instance, I'm able to learn at a more rapid pace because the education is tailored to me, you know, so I can ask questions, interact with it, and learn it faster. Um, that being said, now it puts ideas in your head like, okay, you know, I'm not Mike, I can't code, uh, but mm-hmm. I can use ChatGPT to learn coding and I can learn it faster than I would have had I just been in, you know, Udemy or, or Khan Academy or one of these other online, you know, uh, services that offer such things. Uh, yeah, so, ab- so- absolutely. You know what? Hang on. So with that, I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, you're sure. right. I just had a thought there. So what you said there, you said faster than Khan uh, Academy, faster than Unity or whatever. I would actually push back a little bit against that. Here's what here's what I think, how I think it should go. Because I think about, you don't want to just be on your own, right? Like I feel like right. Khan Academy, Udemy, what they do is, is, you know, as long as the instructor is good, they put together a package, right? It really takes you end to end. Whereas you wouldn't really even know where to start yourself. You wouldn't even know what questions to ask, right? Like you, you could probably get some basic stuff. But what I do see is, let's say, you know, one subject of, your Udemy course is, um, you know, related to yeah, technical API, you know, integrations with LLMs. You could dig into that yourself more than the more than the instructor does, and kind of understand it better. Uh, you know, but you'd still have to understand like that high level, like okay, what's the next theme? What's the next piece that I'm doing? Right. Sure, but I'm just talking about from a point of efficiency and, and as far as, you know, how people learn. So if you're a person that struggles sitting through, say, a 15, 20 minute, half hour class where mm-hmm. they're just basically instructing or, you know, you have to read a chapter or something, you know, not not everybody strives there. So um, there's definitely uh, a bit more efficiency. And you're right. You know, you you're not going to know all the right wording, just like what we've talked about with uh you know, prompt engineering, you know, if you're putting a prompt in there and you have no idea how to create a prompt or exactly right. what you want your output to be, whether it's an aspect ratio, which version of say mid journey you want to use that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just talking about, you know, the efficiency overall, you know, uh, and, and what this does not only in education, but the workplace and everywhere else is that it will, you know, get more efficient outputs right, increase. Right. So I, I think they say at a minimum, what they're seeing now is like 20 to 30% increased output. Uh, for companies who are implementing uh, AI. And I'm sure, well, you know, in, in tech, for instance, you and I have talked about it. You've seen jobs that yes. typically would take one of your uh, programmers, yes. coders, you know, four days, and now they're doing it in four hours, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Yeah, you, you just reminded me about it with the whole learning thing. Uh, I did get a direct, you know, let's call it testimonial from one of our, uh, like our principal software engineer. And what he said was he was digging into a uh, a new tech new technology to him he knew like he knew 
what to ask it, but he took, you know, two days. He, he said this, he said, this would have taken me at least two days uh, to really learn this. And I learned what I needed to in two hours and right. I have it fully implemented. So I was just thinking about, you know, the cost savings of AI there right now. We're sort of flipping the coin. You just flip the right. coin and it's <laughs> like the amount of time that it saves Rico is just absolutely like it can be like I was talking to somebody and I was like, you know, something that um, one of the things that's really annoying is uh, creating sometimes creating web clients around and I won't get too nerdy and technical, but web clients around uh, these, you know, uh, older APIs that are built in something called SOAP with XML. And what I what I figured out is that I could feed in this like 6,000 line, you know, XML specification and have it build me, uh, you know, a web API client or a web or API client for it. And, you know, in minutes that would have taken days. It could have, it could have been days to get that done, uh, you know, an early developer Mike or even mid developer Mike. And uh, that's another thing that I showed our principal software engineer. And he was like, he, he knows the pain, right? He's done this for 20 something years. Like I have, and he's like, Oh man, he's like, cause it's such a grueling job to do that. Right. And right. you know, you may have to fix a few things, but, uh, generally it gets you again, you know, 95% of the way and you just have to fix, you know, fill in the blanks. Right. And, and you could even use it to iterate and at, and ask it to fix your, you know, fix itself, the stuff that it created. Right. Hey, this isn't quite right. Um, and it, it, it'll, it'll do its best to, you know, take the, take it to the next iteration. And sometimes it takes multiple iterations. It's still faster than doing it by hand. Right. Right. And th that kind of segues uh, perfectly into, you know, one of the last mm -hmm. things we want to talk to you on that subject, as far as the benefits of business. I mean, we've talked about efficiency, mm -hmm. increased decision-making, which is fantastic um, because it can go, you know, pour over a lot of data and some very tedious work very quickly and give you some kind of output, like with, you know, with your sentiment analysis uh, GPT that you had created to assist with call center. Yes, yes. Uh, but the competitive advantage, and I think, you know, we talked about this with Dave, uh, was a matter of um, those who are going to be using these technologies versus those who aren't using them and you know again we all know old school businesses especially in a place where like where i live um where you have folks that will still get out the typewriter uh because they refuse yeah. to learn how to feed labels into the printer you know right. like and it's right. a simple it's yeah. a simple thing yeah. for most but you have some that really they get stuck in that tech that time and they just don't want to move on from it um, so we're going to see, you know, obviously some costs and that's going to shake out over time. Um, uh, there are going to be many people who businesses, whose businesses will, they're going to have their feet held to the fire, uh, because the competitive advantages of companies who actually take the time to train their employees, pay for the tech and get it in there, uh, their output is going to increase, which is, you know, fantastic, but, um, that's going to come at, uh, to a cost, uh, for a lot of businesses. Yeah, no, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And, you know, as we start to, to wind down uh, the episode here, you know, uh, one thing that I have kind of as, as my conclusion here, or, or an additional thing that I wanted to maybe dig into very lightly, uh, but mention is, you know, when I talked about the open source, uh, using open source first, like a SaaS service, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there there is a hardware element too to that with, you know, so my computer, it's easy because I'm already using my desktop computer. But if you were, um, you know, doing this in, let's say a data center at a business, 
you would have to get servers or computers that had good GPUs that could run this stuff, right? So it, it's not just, you know, so you save some money, uh, you know, it's CapEx versus uh, I think OpEx or whatever it is, right? So you're gonna spend more, more upfront for those, you know, to utilize those open source solutions and you will have a higher overhead. Uh, in the same breath, right, over time, especially when you pan it out over, you know, a couple of years and reducing the risk, right, to your point about, hey, these companies might not even be there in three months. Uh, you know, you have to weigh that all together. And I, I think that that's, uh, that's an important point that, you know, especially like business uh, tech leaders need to understand and and, and operate by, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, you look at the time uh, from which, you know, we formed our business uh, and the ideas that we mm -hmm. had with the rose tinted gl glasses, right? Yes, yes. Um, we've had to pivot and we're going to have to continually pivot to be nimble and actually be in this space. Um, and that's what other people are going to have to see. You know, we, we saw a lot of services that started last year that were startups that uh, very quickly became just part of, say, a GPT or right. a custom GPT. Right, exactly. Yeah, unless you're NVIDIA and then you're selling the shovel right, for the <laughs> right. gold rush. Yes. So like they, they really like they're nothing. See, and that's why I love software, because hardware engineering iteration and hardware engineering is so much longer than software engineering. So, you know, these these are physical devices that have to change and that doesn't change quickly. I mean, it changes quickly, but not as quick as software can. Right. It's not as dynamic. So, you know, uh, they're they're you know getting a server into the data center like you're not gonna over that night that on amazon uh prime no. right like there's no. there's a lot to it so and uh, on that point you know with as far as things changing quickly we talk about regulation and that's another yeah. thing that uh, uh it takes time for laws to catch up and we saw a lot of the uh big names you know elon last year mm -hmm. i was talking about it and uh, you have some that just call for legislation now but the reality is, I mean, we see the state of politics nowadays. Things are not happening quickly, and uh, right. there may be some guardrails that aren't in place, at, in, you know, before some events happen. And hopefully, they're not catastrophic to us all. Right, uh, right. But that's the reality of it um, that people need to think about too when they're either creating businesses. Um, you know, you could be kind of regulated out of your business uh, in a matter of months. You know, as this stuff catches up. So um, I want to bring that point up because you know, in 2024, you're going to see a lot more AI regulation than. We saw in 23 Ooh, yeah reality. yeah good good point you just reminded me of uh so just just to let folks know if they haven't heard we are uh putting out a weekly newsletter now this is called our ai bytes newsletter and one of the things that we're just about to release hot off the presses rico is something that you found which is uh you know uh pushing for more regulation on robocalls because right. of uh you know because of deep fake voices right and so thinking about that that you know it hit me hard because i come back from nada and everybody's talking about ai ai assistance for lead gen and i look at that and i'm like well dang you know like <laughs> that that could totally stifle the opportunity of these lead, of these lead gen things right and that's, so that's not even a full week either mike right it's not even a full week from I like know. the happening last week with the robocaller exactly. we covered in last ai bites and here we yeah. are less than a full week later bam yeah honestly like that couldn't have been more timely <laughs> i'm so glad that you found that and uh so to sign up for the newsletter folks you can you can just go to antics.tv our normal site we've got a form in there you'll see the little pink subscribe button uh you know you can just enter your email hit subscribe 
Uh, we, we aren't sending out spam. We're sending exactly one newsletter a week. And, uh, and, and one of the, one of the feedback pieces that I got from somebody is, you know, there's a lot going on. This helps me keep up. Right. And that right. seems very generic, but somebody actually told me that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really curating this and trying to reduce the noise. So it's not, it's not noisy. We, we keep it, uh, you know, very consistent week to week. Rico's got a section, I've got a section, and then there's some stuff that we repeat like the AI tool of the week. So, uh, yeah, so, so uh, if you're interested in, you know, just getting uh, the, the latest AI news with, you know, without the filler, uh, I would highly suggest that you sign up for the newsletter and, uh, and follow us on the socials too, Rico. Uh, yes, you want to, you want to talk about uh, our socials and things we've been doing and uh, you've been doing a lot on Twitter, I know, or X. Yes, I, I'm, I'm having a real good time on X. Uh, if anybody uh, is on the, or, well, you know, formerly Twitter space, X.com, we are at Antics Lab. Uh, so that's at Antics Lab, X.com. Um, go ahead and hit us up there. We, we post there daily uh, throughout the day, interacting with a lot of people in the space, whether they're uh, behind AI. There's, a, there's even some investors that are on there, other companies, and then a lot of generative art we're seeing currently. Uh, so we like to interact with folks there. And we also post uh, polls. Because we'd like to hear back uh, from some of the listeners and we've gained listeners this way, but we also want to hear what you have to say, uh, because it's just as important uh, that we talk to the person who is just dipping a toe into AI all the way up to the CEO who is making decisions for the company uh, for their AI moving forward. So uh, please go ahead and jump on there and follow us and uh, we will follow you back. We'll interact with you as much as we possibly can. Uh, and one other thing on the um, as far as the AI Bytes newsletter uh, Mike and I tend to get a little bit long-winded sometimes when we write things out because we're very passionate about the things that we're finding and bringing the best information to you, the listener or the viewer. Uh, so uh, if you look at our site, you're going to see some more articles being kind of fleshed out there uh, that don't fit fully in the newsletter, but um, you can hear from Mike and I individually uh, as well as collectively. So. Yeah, that that's a really good that's a really good point. And uh, and so, you know, if you've got like, let's say Gmail and it, it might cut it off, but but there's always a button to show the full uh, message. So that's something to uh, to keep an eye out for. And yeah, so I think we can uh, wrap the show here. It's yes. been great, great catching up, Rico. Uh, glad, I'm glad to be back home. I will say that. Good and, to have you back. Yeah, thank you very much. And folks, we'll see you back in the lab soon. See you, everyone.